1: We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh 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 Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the corner. I'm Kel Dansby. You know this by now. Yes, sir,
2: and I'm Andreas Hill. Getting over being sick, for those who didn't listen to the special show,
1: I'm back in this biatch. Back again. Finally. He disappeared for a second.
2: Yeah, man. It's, you, know, it's, you, know, you get sick, change the weather, it takes you down. You're always sick. No, get you an emergency sponsor
1: ASAP. I just want a sponsor. <laughs> Cut the check, whoever it is. So, since you've been away... Actually, we did the special show. Hey, hey, since I've been away, you
2: put Joe Budden in the top five greatest rappers of all time. Number three.
1: As a matter of fact, tomorrow, right after the little whatever we have here, we're here at the Canelo Cotto Week at the Mandalay Bay. So -hmm. I think it's the Undercard press conference tomorrow. Yeah. After that, I'm driving straight out to L.A. to make the Joe Budden concert at 8 o'clock. Then you're coming back? Then I'm driving back. You are a dedicated man. Going to watch the Joe Bunning concert. Jesus Christ. That, number three, greatest rapper of all time. Number three. On your personal list. Yep, personal list. I know people, listen, some people agree with me. That's what's, they, shout out to the
2: listeners. They can roll with you on that one. They, they I, know I want sucks. no parts of that.
1: So on Saturday, we had the special show. If you guys didn't listen to that, make sure you go and check it out. But Ronda Rousey took the KO. Yeah. Ass whoop it. Yeah, well, you know, for those
2: who didn't listen to the show, I don't want to. For those who did listen to it, I don't want to beat you over the head with the same content. But what I do want to talk about is all of this revisionist history that has gone on in the last four days where everybody knew that Ronda Rousey was going to lose. Stop it. Cut it out. Y'all, <laughs> y'all there's no way that you, all of you people have all of a sudden realized that Ronda Rousey was going to lose that fight.
1: Nobody was picking Ronda Rousey, no one. If anything, maybe they thought Holly collapsed three rounds.
2: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that what it was was a race against time. Everybody said the same thing. It was, can we fit this in an Instagram video? That was the first question. And the second question was, does Holly get out of the first round? Can she keep enough distance? Because what we said from the beginning, I know what I said from the beginning, if Ronda gets her hands on her, the fight's over. That was what I said from the beginning. I don't know why all these people were like, oh, yeah, Ronda's going to get knocked out. Shut the fuck up.
1: My biggest surprise was Ronda got her hands on her and couldn't finish her.
2: That was – that more than the count – like, I knew that Holly was a better striker. That was evident. I didn't think she was a killer because she hasn't shown the killer instinct in MMA yet. But when Ronda got her hands on her, I was like, oh, it's – and I was like, wait a minute. She got out. Yep. And that that right there is the biggest issue in the fight is that Holly was able to escape. I don't know if Holly can escape again if Ronda gets her hands on her a second time. Like, that – Everything worked for Holly that night. But all I'm saying is, all you people that sat at home and said that Holly was going to kill Ronda Rousey, you are all lying.
1: All of you. What's next for Ronda? That's my only question moving forward. Like, now what? She's going to re- film this movie, which everyone on Twitter today informed me that she's a horrible actress. Well, she's a horrible everything now. Like, Ronda Stock has gone from, <laughs> like, yo, she, she
2: like, she's the, the, the stock now. They're
1: just, I mean, it's not them.
2: even, this isn't even healed. She's going to Jobber. She's like the jobber now. Like, how do you lose, How do you do so much? And that's what I, I've been trying to tell people on social media. If there was no Ronda Rousey, there'd be no women's band and weight division. There would be no women in the UFC if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey. Y'all turn on her so quick. It didn't take
1: nothing but, what, three days? It, Maybe it took, sooner.
2: Dude, she, yeah, as soon as she hit the ground, people were like, ah, fuck Ronda Rousey. It's like, come on, man, chill. Let's get these memes out. It's like, but what's next for her? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. There's a, the she's ch- not retiring, right? No, we're, she's we're good not on that, so. she, she's No a, retirement for Ronda. She's, she's a competitor at heart. That girl's just not going to walk away from the, the sport.
1: She's 28 years old. She's got a lot of fight left in her.
2: But what the, my concern is, and we kind of talked about on the special show, is do you rush her back into a rematch with Holly Holm? And do you risk her losing again? And now your cash cow is done. Losing back-to-back fights to Holly Holm makes you a glorified gatekeeper. Or do you stick her in there – With Cyborg.
1: I don't think he goes Cyborg either because, once again, it's the same, in my head, stylistic matchup. Obviously, Cyborg's not the striker Holly Holm is. No one's that good of a boxer. No. But Cyborg is bigger. Cyborg may have more power than Holly, just natural power. You don't want to put Ronda in there again just in case she's punch drunk with a person who can knock her head off. So if you go that route, if you want to save them, it it won't be UFC 200 because that's reserved for either – or The only matchup is Holly versus Ronda rematch. <laughs> what if it's Holly versus Cyborg at UFC 200? We can give... Then, if that <laughs> happens, I say you put Cyborg versus Holly in April or in March. Headline a card. Whoever wins the championship goes against Ronda. That'd be great. Well, how about you put Ronda on the same card as Holly and whoever she fights? That's the other option. In a rematch against Zingano. If you just want to go in May and you have an all-women's headlining card again, you can go cyborg versus uh holly in the main event and then you have ronda versus misha or cat number three cat uh, i haven't even heard about cat wanting to fight I, I know but
2: there's i, I don't know where cat is right now there, i mean the grudge match is misha and ronda which is crazy because it's a grudge match when you're owing two
1: but but it's it still And, and ronda looks vulnerable misha yeah. was spurned She probably going to talk like, oh, I would have beat her that night too, and they jump me, it's this true. is what she's going to say, so it sells. It's true. And then Holly, Cyborg, and you know the winner, and you're going to pick Ronda to win. So, right. Holly and Cyborg, the winner of that, fights Ronda, and then you put that in like August or something. Yeah, there's a lot of trains of thought here. I, I, I do get the train of thought like to
2: not rush into an immediate rematch, because it's, business, it's kind of a bad business decision. Um, you kind of want to see Holly defend the title, you know? And who knows, R- Ronda, you know, concussion protocol and everything else that she's going through, she may not be ready to fight. And Holly just may want to fight and collect a check. Ronda just has to get better. And yeah, that's well. it.
1: I mean, Holly theoretically doesn't have to fight because if no. you add up Holly's last two fights, she got no fight or night bonuses, no knockout bonus. And she couldn't have made over $15,000, $20,000. So, yeah, she made more in this last fight in bonuses, than she's made probably the past two years combined. Oh, yeah. She's fine. She, she's good. She she's need good. She's doing fight. all these appearances. She's making the most money she's ever made in her life. She can sit until July and be comfortable financially. Yo, fun fact. Did
2: you know that Holly Holm was the same age as Evander Holyfield when Evander knocked out Mike Tyson, 34? Really? There's, there was so 34? Many, there were so many omens in this fight because they showed the 30 for 30. The 30
1: for 30. We should have known.
2: Ronda landed on the cover of Ring Magazine. Holly and Evander share the same age, and everybody compared Rousey to Tyson. The parallels are are
1: eerie. That's some creepy shit. Yeah, man. And history repeats itself. It does. But now, in the second fight, Ronda's not going to bite her ear off. So we're actually going to have to get a fight. (laughs) And uh, the rematch, once again, Tyson and fair you better than the rematch. And we just saw styles make fights. Styles do. Styles. we'll see if Ronda can learn, if she takes the time to learn, to get better. Edmund's going to catch a ton of heat, her coach. Definitely. Because, obviously, the the advice in between rounds didn't help. I don't like firing people. Everyone works hard for their job. Yeah. But he may have to go. He, and Ronda's mom, she looked kind of batshit crazy yelling about stuff when Ronda was undefeated and at the prime of stuff. Yeah. Ronda's mom's been right Ronda's entire life. She knows her judo. She knows Ronda fighting. She knows more she than knows all of daughter. us. She knows her daughter. <laughs> and when she said this guy has to go this guy isn't right for you we probably should have listened maybe he stopped being more of a coach and maybe he started being more of a best friend and a cheerleader and he just became a yes man and she's not getting any better well here's here's
2: my thing about edmund edmund's not like the greatest boxing coach like he has benefited i mean he had manville Gamburian. I mean, who when's the last time you heard from what what, what Gamburian's doing these days you know Armenians can box. We know that, but they're not world class. What I think Ronda needs to do is she needs to go to Big Bear with Abel Sanchez, spend time with some, with Gennady Golovkin, and get her
1: get her boxing right. I don't want Ronda to get any part of her boxing right because she's gonna have to get something right. She's gonna have to. Get, she has fix to the get footwork. better at what she does. She has to get better at takedowns. She has the judo background. Focus more on judo. Go to how a camp much more where you can, can learn. you focus on judo? She, you have to keep it sharp. Just training boxing all the time and be like, oh, I was well, not the no, best no. in the world. No, Be elite at something. You got to be great at something, and that's what she's great at. And then go and find out other ways to take people down. Well,
2: that's why you use striking for... Takedowns.
1: Not striking to hurt somebody. You striking to
2: get inside.
1: I feel like she trains with another boxer. She's going to try to go in there and try to outbox Holly home. And think no so. matter who she trains with, she's never going to be as good at boxing as
2: Holly. Well, no, but that's why she, you're not, tra- again, you're not trained. Like she fought that fight to hurt Holly with her striking. If she fought that fight to use her striking to get close enough to take her down, that's different. Definitely. That's footwork. That's setting up punches to, to, and to I get her hands on something. I'd rather
1: see her train that in a better MMA gym than go to Big Bear and train boxing with a boxing coach. If she wants to win the next fight, I send her to Alpha Male. You go there. There's people who can punch there. There are people who have great takedowns there. There are wrestlers to, sell, to tell you how to do a single leg and to do stuff other than a judo throw. And when people are on the ground, they finish people. How about you learn something other than an arm bar? Go there, learn how to sink in a rear naked, because guess what? If she didn't have to spin and do some stupid breakdancing-ass flip on the floor when Holly was down, she could have took Holly's back, sunk in a rear naked, and won that fight. I mean, I don't think Team Alpha Male is the place for
2: her either. They're not world-class boxers. These guys— I don't
1: want her to box.
2: But what I'm saying is— Go with
1: world-class wrestlers and just fighters. The best World-class MMA athletes.
2: The best MMA striking coach is Winklejohn, followed by Dwayne Ludwig. She, she may need to go up there where Dillashaw's at and work with Bang.
1: They'll, they'll pay her.
2: But <laughs> what I'm saying is her footwork was terrible in that fight. It was, it was awful. She has to fix her footwork.
1: That's one thing going up there with Dillashaw and that new camp. One, it's going to be state-of-the-art facility, you get away from everything. But Dillashaw mimics so much of Cruz's footwork and made it his own, and he's become such a great striker by doing that. If Ronda can learn how to do that, like TJ did, then she'd be in business because TJ beat someone no one thought he could beat by using awkward angles, by not getting hit cleanly. And that's what Ronda has to do. Don't stand toe-to-toe. Don't learn out of box. Don't try to outslug her that way. Don't come straight forward with your chin up in the air. Use awkward angles. Change levels. Do all the stuff that did make TJ Dillashaw better. And if that's the camp she has to go to, Damn, that's a great camp. So we all agree
2: that she's just kind of got to get rid of Edmund at this point. Yo, he's got to
1: go. <laughs> go. He's got to go. He's more cheerleader than anything. It's cool. It starts out in a great place. But he bought into the hype even if she didn't. People say Rhonda was reading her press clippings or taking all these movie roles and that got to her head. Maybe not. Maybe Rhonda stayed grounded. But when other people change around you, it's just as bad. He read the press clippings. He thought she was a superstar. He thought she could win boxing titles. He bought into all that shit. And it hurt her in that fight. Yeah, I,
2: like I said, I don't, I don't know. You know, we're still a week removed from this, and every, the wound is still fresh. And people continue to pile on Rousey like she's the worst thing in the world now. Like I said, everybody just needs to stop. Haters
1: come from everywhere. Talk about haters. You had a little brush, uh, a little beef yourself. Yeah. Before well. we keep. We keep going with the combat sports. <laughs> yeah, journalism beef. Yeah, so I was it gone was for Twitter a week.
2: streets. Yeah, I forget it. You know, I wrote my the misunderstanding of Kendrick Lamar and microwave journalism, which which I had no idea was going to have the legs that it had. But, Great article. Uh, over the past week or so, you know, I've had people that have been sending sub tweets, unhappy with you calling me a microwave journalist. I'm like, did I say your name? Ah, you sending subs? No, I don't. I'll call it like if I don't like you, I'm going to call you out. If I don't like what you do, I'm going to call you out. So there's a lot of people that were upset with the article. And I don't understand, like, they were like, you're coming at Complex. My article wasn't about Complex. My article was about microwave journalism. The article that uh, Justin Charity wrote for Complex had a lot of things that I took from it that I agreed with. Was the problem that microwave journalism is the reason why Topin' Butterfly was ranked so high. So I wasn't necessarily just coming at him. I just completely disagreed with his opinions. But it wasn't about him. But everybody got their panties in a bunch. Like, it's too many emo writers. Like, forget the emo <laughs> rappers. Like, get out your feelings. I'm going to draw you a roadmap so you can find your way the fuck out of your feelings. <laughs> Chill with that shit.
1: Yo, I tell you, journalist beef is going to be, like, the next wave. It's stupid, man. In the man, next, like, like three years. Because I swear, like, Twitter is so based on character and words and writing of words. And that's what we do for a living. More and more writers and journalists in, in all spectrums. I mean, Elliot Wilson, like him or dislike him is the first one to really show you that wave and he's old so he's going to be out of here soon he's going to be washed his mohawk is thinning but even with that he's showing that new wave of the journalist the writer is going to transition to be the star like he wants to be on stage he's doing the laugh and he's hosting live podcasts, and people are showing up we see tons of people from loudspeakers network hopefully us here in the immediate future (laughs) Hosting live podcasts, people showing up, selling out places just to hear us speak. That's the new wave. And with that comes competition because we're all competitive. We grow up being competitive. Listening to hip-hop breeds competitiveness. Covering the sports we cover, that's all competition. So naturally, we're competitive. It's going to create beef. And you're, you just got that taste of beef, the yeah. little taste of beef.
2: I mean, this is not the first time anybody who's actually followed me for a long time. I got into with Jason Whitlock in, like, 2007.
1: And <laughs> Everyone gets into it, it, it with was, Jason Whitlock. It
2: was, I called him an Uncle Tom, and it was, to me, it was well-deserved because he, he blamed hip-hop for the killing of Sean Taylor. And I was like, how do you blame music for Sean Taylor? Like, you don't blame poverty for that? You know, burglary happens because of po- poverty. He didn't get robbed because of rap music so we had beef so like to fast forward to see it now yeah i have a problem with journalists who want to be in front of the camera like our job is to be behind the camera to get the story you know so you're more suge knight than puff yeah if like you want I to write for someone who's all not in your all in your
1: videos i don't
2: i don't i don't i'm not a fan of that man like i <laughs> you you should never be bigger than your the subject of your story like the story should be not about you ever ever it might be about your experiences occasionally but it's about who you're talking to because that's your job as a journalist. You're documenting the culture or you're documenting somebody else. When you put yourself out there and make you the star, you're fucking
1: corny. That's true. But the world is doing it to us. So stay woke. But uh, this, is, <laughs> this is what's happening. Like people, are, people used to be envious of the athletes and artists that we cover. Yeah. So our job was to bring them inside insight on those athletes and artists and paint the picture that they cannot see. With Twitter, they are now looking at us as though we are not, obviously, that grand. But they look at people of our, in our career paths as people they now envy as well. We get to be at these events, on stage, at these concerts. Whether we're on stage or side stage, but we tweet these pictures. They see how close we are to these fights. We're like third row at the Mayweather fight. Yeah. People start to envy that, and then now people look at us in that same regard, like no, we're just here to tell you what happened to the real famous people, kind of. I mean, th- yeah, like,
2: I've, I've always been a fan of Stuart Scott and what he brought to sports journalism. and But Stuart Sp- Scott never made it about him. No. You know, he never made it about And that's that's a journalism that I enjoy. You know, love him or hate him, I'm a fan of Bill Simmons and what he brought with Grandland, RIP R. Grandland. Nobody even really got a chance to talk about this. But – what Grantland accomplished in terms of journalism by cutting angles that weren't trendy was was important. It was never necessarily about the writer, like remember Brown, uh, who I've talked to before, and some like Shay Serrano, and like they've got Thomas, there's a lot of great writers there, but it's always about the quality of writing and the quality of journalism. I get it, you know, some people envy what we do for a living, but it ain't, it's never been about me, because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have shit to write about. Word. Like, I'm not gonna write about you, Kel, what the fuck do you do?
1: I don't do shit, I don't even go to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> saying, <laughs> That's how like, you know I ain't even not that interested. important. You, got, you know you what I'm saying? Brunch and shit? I'm trying to get on your level. We just got to job. Right about you. <laughs> there's nothing to write Like I got a story to tell But it ain't,
2: it ain't that important man like, for, So at the end of the day And I hate using that at the end of the day Like Love and Hip Hop says it all the time I don't know if you ever watch <laughs> it They say at the end of the day like 30 times a show
1: Yo but, if there's Love and Hip Hop Vegas I'm signing you up No you're not By the way you and Never, Shake I'm signing both of you absolutely guys Absolutely
2: not We would make the most boring Love and Hip Hop show I'd be at home playing Tomb Raider Which is amazing <laughs> By the way the new Tomb Raider is great And Fallout and Shake would probably be at home working Like uh, we'd work That's not fun to watch <laughs> that's not fun to watch but but what i'm saying is you know beef with writers is dumb and bloggers that want to be groupies and want to be rubbing up against like you know celebrities and you know it's like stop all that corny shit man like just do your job and if you fit if the shoe fits where like, when people are, like saying why don't you just call me out i said if the shoe fits i will call you out but some of y'all are just mad insecure deal with
1: it calling themselves out Yeah, shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's one thing you always got to know as a journalist. I I was thankful enough to learn it early, and that's because I've had people older than me kind of like show me around and this is what you do, this is what you don't do. But you have to know that you're going to outlast everyone that you're covering. So as big as they are, as famous as they are, you can be in a room with anyone. There's a shelf life to what they do, and your shelf life is longer than theirs. Yeah. So a fighter is only going to be great until 40-something. You're going to write until you're 70. So, don't put all your eggs in one fighter's basket. Don't try to be best friends. Don't hitch your entire career to someone and try to be on stage and be overly cool because you're going to be around when they're gone. Like, I see people, and Floyd is done, and I might not see him at another fight. Right. Because you were around to cover Floyd and you hitched your whole bandwagon to the TMT thing, and it was a great run. You had 15 years of exclusive access and parties and a lot of cool shit. Strip throwing monies at strippers at five in the morning. But now what are you doing? Nothing. You can't get into anything. You put everything in that basket. And you have to know this goes on further than people. So being a groupie never pays off. Nah,
2: man. And like I said, like you're right. The shelf life is short. Like I can write forever. You can't play ball forever. You can't fight forever. You can't rap forever. Nah. Some of y'all ain't going to make it out of your first album. So why, why we spend so much time idolizing and... Hugging like we, we love the nut hug like
1: here like, pause 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 yeah but no like, I'm serious like some <laughs> some of you some of you journalists
2: would carry somebody's nuts if he asked them to be carried just so you can get into the party ever so gently ever yeah but it's not my style it's just too many cats that do that these days like write, be a dope writer like I learned a long time ago I don't even need to interview to write write a dope story. But some of these cats, say hitch their whole wagon to one person. So what if that person loses? Like, if you hitch your whole wagon to Ronda Rousey, you look like an asshole right now.
1: I said that same thing yesterday. It was crazy because uh, we were here at Canelo Cotto, and it was the Grand Arrivals. And it was like a crazy mosh pit style mob to get quotes when they came to the Grand Arrivals. And I was like, I was texting uh, Rob from BSO, my editor, and I was like, yo, I'm going to write a story, but I'm not getting trampled to get a quote. I was like, I don't understand people who can't write their opinion and paint a picture without a quote. Like, it'd be great to have a quote. And I happen to get my quotes today when there wasn't a stampede. Right. So now my story is even easier. But yesterday, people dying for a quote because there's no order and anything like that, and they're so thirst for something. It's like, yo, just be a writer, be a journalist. You can create something without that. I'm not getting trampled. It's like my story's going to be good regardless. So if someone gives me access or not, like I can, I'm thankful enough to be at these fights to be in media row and get these quotes and to see stuff from a couple rows back but if i had to cover this on pay-per-view online or however i may have to watch the fight my article is going to be just the same it's mm-hmm. going to be just as good so uh talking about all this beef and everything wrapping this up floyd squashed the beef this week
2: um With i don't know, Ronda. i don't know if we necessarily call this squashing the beef he squashed
1: the beef i call it's it taking the
2: high road I caught what Floyd did is I mean he may he may have said what he said went back and was like man fuck her but <laughs> we don't know what, what Floyd did was was classy you know like he he even offered hey Ronda come to my gym there were
1: no shots fired because, because there's money in that by the way
2: of course Floyd's not Floyd a idiot. idiot he's not
1: dumb come come to my gym like trade, trade at the Mayweather gym so I can put your name on this marquee and more people will come here let's start getting high class. MMA fighters in here too to make me some damn money the new Floyd
2: doesn't have to get under your skin to sell a fight like Floyd's been able to sell a fight against a refrigerator which is something that Canelo and Cotto haven't been able to do they've been having a hard time selling this fight Floyd has realized right now is like I need to become a businessman and Ronda Rousey there's money there and the truth is is that you know this is business I'm saying I mean Ronda I know took it a lot more personal than Floyd did but why, take, why kick her when she's down she lost everybody loses except Floyd Mayweather you know what I'm saying? So it's like, why he didn't need to do that.
1: I don't know if they squashed the beef. I don't know if Rhonda's so sitting at home. The beef is squashed. Because Ronda now can't say anything back to Floyd without looking like a complete asshole. Well, I mean. Because he was so nice. Like, even if she comes, she wins the title back and all that, she can't say shit to him. Because he was so nice already. Well, he squashed it on his end alone. She's well, just going to look stupid. Like, okay, so he was so nice to you when you were down, and then now you're back on top, so you're going to talk shit. Like, he was the guy who was nice to you. He didn't kick you while you were down. She She'd look horrible in that situation. she no, I do he effectively squashed the beat.
2: I agree with you. There's, a, there's this one angle that is always going to be cut, and Ronda's like we've we've actually debated about on the show is there's still a domestic violence angle, and Ronda's still going to be picking nitpicking at that. She needs yeah. to let that one go. I, I mean, after she the tables to were to her turned boyfriend on, yeah, first. After the tables were turned on her, it's made her look bad. So I mean, what she should do is go to the big boy mansion and meet Floyd. And have a sit-down conversation. Respect the craft. Don't you don't have to respect each other. Respect the craft. What that man has done, it kind of puts it in the light. As Dominus Ronda Rousey's done. Floyd's been doing this for a lot of, longer than most people. These kids have been living. Like respect the man's craft. You ain't gotta like him, but going 49 and 0 was not really an easy task. And it's not the 49 and 0; it's the years because he never aged in the ring. Yeah, you know, because Chocolate Tito's gonna go find 49 and 0 probably like next year. And nobody's really going to say anything about because he's not going to retire. But Floyd has done this as long or longer than Kobe. And Kobe's not at the top of his game anymore.
1: Yeah, it's been around the same time, which is crazy. It's like a Floyd year Floyd won apart. his first World Series in 96, right? Yeah, 19 years. Kobe, yeah, 20. So, I mean, it's crazy to see what Floyd did. And he might not be done, first off. I think he is. What? He's done. He's, we'll, done. We'll see. he's um, done. He's done. He's done. But with mm-hmm. Ronda... If she does go to Mayweather Gym, just take him up on the invite. Don't train there. But yeah. you got six months into your next fight, seven months, yo, go spend go spend three weeks. Just chill. Let, watch the film with Floyd. Hey, what do you see? What did Holly do to me? Go get on the mitts with his uncle. See how someone really holds the mitts. Train in there. And there's women who train at TMT. Yeah. How about you get in there and just spar with another woman? Just box. Because now the only thing she did this whole damn time was box against her trainer. Who said, oh, my God, you look great. How about you go in there and actually box against another individual who's a power or at least a pro boxer who's a female and then take your shots and be like, oh, shit, this is what I got to trade for. Yeah, no,
2: you're right. And speaking of other beefs, though. More uh, beef. Floyd Mayweather and Adrian
1: Broner have been going at it. It's too many publicly. damn beefs right now. Yo, Isn't it? Bro <laughs> Broner's an idiot for this one, by the way. Um, unless he's building up. What? S- <laughs> I, I don't know. Like unless he's he taking a stake, and yo, if Floyd comes back, I want him to fight me. But Broner's resume doesn't justify that. So no. um, I wouldn't mind seeing Broner versus Errol Spence if that's the case. To get you his know, ass beat. Yo, let you want to talk shit to Floyd. Let Floyd send out his youngin. Go beat his ass. Might as well, right? I mean, that, that'd be great. And then Errol Spence doesn't have to talk. He doesn't have to be the the bad guy in his first prime time showcase. Floyd can talk trash to Broner, Broner can talk trash to Floyd, it's sell, and Errol Spence will go in there and be the guy who settles it. So here's the thing about this. Makes money. Bro,
2: what what Broner's been saying is sound like the butthurt kid whose dad gave him a whooping, a verbal lashing publicly, because he's been acting an ass behind the scenes, and dad was like, hey, man, he backed him up and curse you out in public. And that's essentially what Floyd did. is like, hey, Adrian, like you're being a dick, and I'm going to call you a dick in front of everybody. And Adrian's like, man, Floyd, why you have to go and do that? And then he would curse <laughs> And they just kind of say, like, come on, big bro. Like, Adrian just needs to chill out. He's at the point in his career. He needs to focus on but, fighting. Listen, nobody cares about Adrian Broner more than Adrian Broner. <laughs> Sadly, that's true. And, and he's at the point of his career where he's kind of peaked. Even though he's won world titles in four different weight classes, he hasn't beaten marquee names that we're going to
1: remember. I think two or three of those titles were vacated when he won them. Yeah, to. and
2: Floyd called him out for it. Yeah. It's
1: like I mean, you're not beating people for these titles.
2: It is what it is. It's just to see that transpire, to see Broner turn on Floyd or whatever you want to call it. Floyd is a lot more mature now. He's not doing what he did with Oscar and Shane. He's, he's, he doesn't need it because he he's doesn't not, have to sell anything. He's, yeah, what am I selling here? So I'll give you respect and I'll tell you what you did wrong and you can take my advice and not. It's your career. My career is done.
1: Talking about people with their career on the line, we're here, Canelo, <laughs> <Canetto>. Canelo, <laughs> Cotto versus Canelo here at the Mandalay Bay. Man, we've had an interesting couple of days. We're at the press conference today. Both guys look relaxed, didn't say much, haven't said much the whole time. Not surprising. Uh, Cotto got stripped of his title heading into this fight. What does yeah. that change? Nothing. You, you talk to him. he
2: I mean, I talked to to Cotto yesterday, and uh, I asked him because Oscar called it a disgrace, and he maintained that. I talked to Oscar today. He maintained that Cotto not paying the sanctioning fees was a disgrace. Cotto feels different. $800,000 step-aside money for Golovkin so he could do this fight, and $300,000 that WBC wanted. So that's $1.1 million to keep his world title. Here's the problem. Neither of these guys are going to fight Gennady Golovkin anyway. Nope. Because the timeline is 15 days after this fight. They have to decide whether they're, they're whether or not they're going to fight Triple G, both of them have, have, in so many words, said it's never going to happen. So why keep the titles? Why pay 1.1 $1. 1 million
1: dollars to hold on to something for 15 more days? Take the money. Yeah, That's the key. Just keep your money, and, and then let the title be vacated. Triple G can have it, and then when you're ready, he's going to get it Canelo, anyway. Then fight him, yeah. and then you can grab the title. But why like. Fine. like but fight them when you're ready, and if you're Kodo, you got one more year left, my man. If you win this, ride off into the sunset. Take, take a tuna can, get a nice little quick money fight, stack your pockets, and leave on a high note.
2: Like, what Kodo told me specifically was that $1.1 million, I can buy as many belts as I want and be the champion of my own house. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's for real, because, honestly, how many people are watching this fight to see who wins the title? No one. No Casual one fight fans don't care, because... When there's Floyd, so many damn titles. When Floyd Mayweather fights, nobody knows how I many. You see a bunch of belts, you don't know what they are WBC, Diamond, Super, The Ring. Like, there's so many titles that nobody gives a shit about. If there was one title, I get it. But there's a billion of them. When, I mean, exactly. there's only four major sanctioning bodies, but nobody cares. Cotto and Canelo is a fight that fight fans want to see, period. It doesn't need to be for any titles. And if and, Cotto and, and,
1: wins, he's going to make so much more money. Like, just. furthermore,
2: a belt. Furthermore. They're fighting for middleweight titles, and both these guys aren't weighing 160 pounds. They're fighting a fucking catchweight. Yeah, it makes no damn sense. Don't don't ask me so about it. It's like, that. hey, keep a title that you shouldn't be fighting for for
1: 1.1 million dollars. And truth be told, if both of them are going for that mythical Floyd rematch so that is out there, there um, hey, I, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. So, if they're fighting for that, this belt has no has no bearing on that because no. Floyd's never going to fight this heavy so fuck the belt I'm out
2: Yeah, it, it, none of this stuff matters all that matters is the fight and the Puerto Rican Mexican rivalry is a lot bigger than any of these titles that are on the line definitely and you know and they
1: didn't even sell that enough
2: and I think that more importantly their job is to put on a good fight but they're, they're dealing with the backlash made with the Pacquiao and the bad taste that's left in casual fight fans mouth I asked Oscar today I asked him you know, if this fight happened on Cinco de Mayo, what do you think it would have done? Oscar, he's always a little bit, you know, out there with yeah. his predictions. He's predicting 1.5 billion for this fight. Not going to happen. I'm predicting 750 tops. Max. Yeah. Yeah. But he felt like that Cotto Canelo on Cinco de Mayo before Mayweather Pacquiao could have broke his and Floyd Mayweather's pay-per-view number, which is a big number, but possible. It, it would have done very well because it would have been a great fight. Fight fans would have been goaded into seeing it. And I figured that they could have found a way to market it better.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one, one thing, it's summertime. Yeah. Vegas in the summertime is a whole different beast. Yeah, it's different than right before Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, holiday season, people are strapped for money once again. you got to make you know life decisions. In the summer, there's money to blow. You want to come out to Vegas. You want to have a great time. It's 100 degrees. You want to go to the pools. There's going to be a bunch of big booty Puerto Rican chicks here. Everybody's coming out. The, yeah. the black men will come for the big booty Puerto Ricans. The Mexicans will come to see Canelo. The Puerto Ricans will come to support Cotto. It's a perfect circle of life. We'd all be happy. Yeah. That's the difference. So now it's like, oh, it's cold, girls wearing leggings and Uggs. I don't really want to be
2: here. And I mean, that's what people are thinking. They're not selling the fight to the casual fan. Oscar's held up his end of the bargain. He's been there talking up this fight as much as he possibly can. I've always said it Canelo doesn't speak English, Cotto doesn't like to do interviews. He was the most animated yesterday when I asked him about being called a disgrace by Oscar. That's the most animated I've ever seen Miguel Cotto. On the record, off the record, I've seen him. He' going wise a little bit, but the only thing, the main thing that's missing from this fight is Jay Z. Yo, Jay could have helped it a lot. He could have did serious radio. He could have went on Sway in the morning because Sway's a boxer fan and promoted this fight. If he didn't want to do it, get Beyonce to do it. Get anybody signed to Rock Nation to promote this fight. Any artist? To I'm promote surprised this fight. they
1: didn't have a big concert out here. Like Anything. you would think there would be a concert Friday night. Even with the other cards, one of the boxing cards ends at six. If you just come out and do a concert, and I'm sure the Mandalay Bay would be perfectly happy to oblige uh, J. Cole, uh, who else is on Rock Nation? Hell, if it's not J, whoever the hell else is on Rock Nation. We I mean, got like DJ Cassidy. Like, you could have DJ Cassidy host, but like anybody. Anything to bring casual people here. Because if you have a Jay Z concert the night before Cotto Canelo, people would have flew out here for that shit. Of course. Would have flown out. Casual people would have been here. Sponsored by Title. That's. Yo, I'm just I'm just saying they've like, been great, great marketing.
2: Y'all and know, they dropped the ball. Full disclaimer, I worked with Life of Time since its inception, Jay zs Life of Time since two thousand ten or not. Not two thousand ten. Um but I'm not working that close to Rock Nation in terms of the Rock Nation boxing. We've been in, there's been the talking, but we have never done anything officially. It just Blows my mind that there hasn't been a, a major urban push into the urban markets because Latinos and Mexicans were gonna buy this like Puerto Ricans and Mexicans they're gonna buy this Regardless. fight the day the day it was announced you don't have to do anything else Codo and Canelo are fighting see you in November and that's it but for for Black folks for White folks for Asians for everybody else who's not of Latino descent you've got to sell the fight to them so why not use hip hop as a vehicle to sell this fight and if Jay Z is the promoter it's like it's almost like duh yeah. Like, I'm sure he'll be at the fight. But but
1: it's quiet. It's hush, hush. Yeah, It's just like, like, yo, just say something. I thought Jay-Z got into the boxing realm much like he did when he was with the Nets. He was at the forefront of things for the Nets. He was always seen. He threw concerts in the Barclays when it first opened. Right. He, He did stuff that way. He used his stardom to put over that and then stepped away. And he was a minority owner. owner yeah. that. and he stepped away, and that's cool. You build it off of your name and your brand, step away, and then let it s- successfully build. He did not do that with this. He stuck Andre Ward on BET. He buried this card in November without any hype. Not the greatest of business moves.
2: No, I, I like I said, they just signed Guillermo Rigondeaux, who's on the card also. There's just a lot of things that you can do to pump this card and convince people like, hey, I know you spent too much money on Mayweather Pacquiao. Come watch this. Because there's no doubt in my mind that, this is, that Cotto Canelo is going to be an excellent fight. It's going to be a better fight, yeah, definitely, yeah. than Pacquiao. The, I, I said before Mayweather Pacquiao, I'm looking more forward to this fight than Mayweather Pacquiao. So there's no doubt in my mind. All you have to do is convince people to watch it, and you're not doing it. Couldn't do it. Like, dude, you don't have to show up. Do a video where you just say it. Like do, any, <laughs> like, do a YouTube clip where you say, hey, ha-ha, this is Jay-Z. Bye,
1: the fight. Uh, see you in Vegas. Like, that's it. And it's anything, but there's been nothing. Drop the ball, but so far being here, being in the atmosphere is going to be a great fight. Uh, the Mexican and Puerto Rican fans are here. It's pretty dope to see. Hopefully, at the weigh-ins, we really get that that sense of, like, yo, it's, it's that good split yeah. cultural rivalry. And we feel the buzz, and we get excited for Saturday. And uh, we'll see. But Casual fans, I, I don't think they're feeling it yet. No, they don't, they, it's not. It's not really being pushed for them. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk wrestling. Before we get out of here, because we still got stuff to do. We gotta write articles. We gotta run around. I gotta pack for this Joe Budden concert. Ugh, top five dead or alive. Jesus. All right. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be right back. What up, loudspeaker family? What's up? It's your man Ice T. And I'm the co-host, Mick Benzo. And we're here to tell you that if you love podcasts like the Combat Jack Show. The Tax Season. The Brilliant Idiots. Fan Bros and the Corner. Yeah, then you're definitely going to want to check out our podcast, The Final Level Podcast. The Final Level Podcast is where you're going to get to talk about the latest movies, games, TV shows, and and sports. But delivered from two OGs who give less than zero fucks about how you feel. We don't hold shit back on this podcast. It's the hardest podcast on earth. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, which is real close to Snitcher, but it ain't. And YouTube, right here on the Loudspeaker Network. The number one podcast network on earth. Church. Alright everybody, welcome back. We noticed during the break we forgot to give our official prediction for a Cotto and Canelo got wrapped up in everything else and Twitter beefs and everything. So, I'll start off with my prediction. I have Canelo winning it. Unanimous decision, 12 rounds. And I think it's going to be a great fight, though. I, I think it's going to be close. But Canelo's going to put it away late because the-, the young legs. And I don't think Cotto's had that that real test lately. He's won a couple good fights, but no one in their pro
2: well, yeah, that, that's always been my thing. From the beginning, I said, you know, when Cotto fought Sergio Martinez, Sergio was not the Sergio Martinez that put Paul Williams out. And no knees. Yeah, he, he was not the same guy. Daniel Gill was completely drained. He looked like a skeleton. Um, and Canelo's a big guy. Canelo walks around at about 170. So I see it the same. I see this very similar to Margarito Cotto without the loaded gloves.
1: But <laughs> you know, that helps. Now, um, Canelo's going to have that natural power. And people talk about Cotto's left hand. Canelo was asked about that today. And he said, just watch his left hand. People doubting it. He knows what's coming. He knows the left hand to the body by Cotto, the hook upstairs. He knows all of that. He said he has a game plan for it. He says he can take a punch. And he hopes Cotto comes in with the, the mindset that he's going to knock him out and stay in toe to toe. Well, uh, what I think is
2: going to happen is that Cotto's going to start fast because Cotto usually does start fast. Um, And he may get some rounds early. It's really going to be about Canelo's conditioning. I think he can handle it, but if Canelo does things like cuts off the ring, uses his weight to lean on Cotto a little bit, and kind of wear him down as the fight progresses, that's why I think he'll win the unanimous decision going away late. Um, I think he can hurt Cotto, and Cotto's got way too much pride to run away. Even if you look back at the Margarito fight, which is clearly a fight that changed Miguel Cotto's career, because he almost got beat to death in that fight. He never backed down. So I don't think he's going to do the same no matter what Canelo hits him with. I think it's going to be fun. There's going to be some great exchanges. I think the size is going to be the difference. Canelo's going to come in, fight night, bigger, stronger. It's not really about the youth. People talk about the youth a lot. It's not really about that. It's really about the size and that we really haven't seen Cotto tested. He looks great under the tutelage of Freddie Roach, but I'm not sure if that carries over against somebody like Canelo who's going to be bigger he's not going to look sucked in and weight drained. Hopefully Yeah, you not.
1: can't coach stamina necessarily. I mean, nah. once you're in there, like once your, your energy drains, your coach can say whatever he wants to you. Yeah. And, and you're not going to get your legs back onto you. So that's what I anticipate as well. So we both have Canelo. A lot of people putting money on Cotto, though. I'm going to put $10 on Cotto to knock him out in the fourth. Only because it's 50 to 1 odds. I want to win $500 on a fluke. I agree. But if it goes longer than that, I don't believe Cotto can knock him out that's it i give him that much of a puncher's chance outside of that if it goes anywhere past six rounds i think canelo gets it
2: yeah like i said going away late unless Cotto shows me something i've, I've never seen out of him before um but again i think it just will be a great fight so th- there's our official prediction i got canelo U- unanimous decision 12 like 115 113 and a couple of
1: 116 112s. oh i agree completely uh let's start talking wrestling and before we start talking about SummerSlam, I've uh, been watching the Week of Taker stuff. That's actually been really good on the network. Yeah. Um, we're going to be at ROH. Yeah. Vegas. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Let the people know. So ROH, 14th anniversary. Yes. Uh, it's in January. No, February. February. Yeah. Damn, I'm glad i I'm glad we uh, established Yeah, I don't know it. where you would have been January. Yeah, I don't know. I would have been at Sam's Town just chilling <laughs> by myself. So, uh, we got our tickets to that. If you guys are in town or planning to come to Vegas, want to watch some good wrestling, we will be there. We can all chill. We are friendly. We are nice people. Um, I won't have beef with you. No, no. No no. beef. I'll have a few libations. It's going to be great. Yeah, of course. It's going to be a great night.
2: And it's supposed to be a New Japan invasion at at night, too. So, we may be seeing some of our guys that I want to see, Nakamura and and the rest. We'll talk about Power Struggling. Yeah, Okada, who uh, I think Ishii and Hanuma, Like, dude. I'm a new Japan guy. Like we don't talk <laughs> about it as much on the show because it's WWE is where it's at for a lot of people, but new Japan, once that thing kicks off, anytime there's a pay-per-view, I'm on it. Cause that is the strong style is just what I
1: love. Someone tweeted us the other day. Uh, it was, it might've been this morning about new Japan and asking our opinion on like new Japan and everything. Right. And I was like, yo, that's so dope. Like, I'm glad other people who listen to the podcast like new Japan. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, You should try to get into it. YouTube is, like, your best friend. Yeah, you're missing out, man. You are missing. They have to network it. It's great to get into, man. They have great characters. The crowd is invested.
2: And the wrestling is great. The wrestling is phenomenal. Like I said, you'll be hard-pressed to find really bad matches. The only thing that New Japan does that pisses me off is the multiple tag team matches. Those make me sick.
1: So does ROH though. Everyone loves that. Yeah, I'm sick Indians. of that.
2: Like, just just let's go two on two. Let's start going these these everybody against everybody. They turn these wacky brawls. Like, cut that out. But then one on ones
1: are amazing. Definitely. Let's talk about SummerSlam then, because we're getting kind of a card that's a little bit up in the air though. Uh, okay. I only count four matches. But, I, I'm not sure if it's me or if it's me. So we have Wyatt versus Taker, which we'll talk about. Um, New Day. We have both semifinal matches, 05, and the Divas match. Is that it? Yeah, well, here's,
2: here's what we have. We have the two semifinal matches of the, this tournament. Which will kick
1: off the pay-per-view, assuming.
2: So, which we know, we don't know the winners of that. So, we, don't, we can assume it'll be Roman Reigns and probably Dean, and Dean Ambrose.
1: Ambrose.
2: We'll talk about that in a second. But, ultimately, we don't know who the main event is. We don't know who the Undertaker and Kane
1: are wrestling out of the Wyatt family. This is fucking stupid. We don't know much. And this is the luxury of having the network. Because when you have the network, people are going to watch anyway. Yeah. If you have to sell pay-per-views, you can't be this mysterious. Because no one's going to buy that shit. But now they're like, oh, you're going to watch on a network. We don't got to tell you anything about it. You're just going to show up and uh, be happy with whatever you get.
2: Yeah, like, like I said, you know... If, yeah, if you were trying to sell a pay-per-view saying these guys might wrestle and this guy might wrestle this guy, so buy this pay-per-view, $59. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Like, give me something. So you watched Raw this week. I did. We set the table basically for the finals. The first thing I got to talk about is they closed with the Divas segment, right, which I was kind of surprised that they did. And they closed with this really strange conversation where Charlotte just couldn't keep herself together talking about her dead brother, David Flair. And it seemed like Paige was trying to follow through and didn't know what to do because Charlotte was so emotional. I felt like this whole angle was in bad taste.
1: It wasn't great. Uh, I guess uh, Ric Flair came out and seemed very confused by the angle. I mean. He cried. He cries over lunch, having oh lasagna at lunch day. Yeah, he does. So you know he was not happy when he saw um, it. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. Maybe just to get people more invested. If you're going to touch on such a touchy subject like this, you don't do it for 10 minutes at the end of a show right before the two people feud. Like, you implant it throughout the feud a little bit. Like, just just pepper it in. See, judge the landscape of it. Is it too soon? Is it too iffy? Are you going to upset someone? Have her maybe looking at her picture of her dead brother. And then, <laughs> you know, Flair's just like, up, oh, don't go no further. And then they, you can gauge that. They went all in. It was it, zero
2: and a hundred real quick. It didn't make sense because last week we just watched Paige lose to Becky Lynch. And then Paige went crazy and the, the the Paige tap out on the table, and Charlotte had to come do the save. Wait, why didn't she
1: do the rampage through know. the table? That still bothers hey, me. You know what was why amazing? Are you to submit her on the top of the table when you have a legit finisher to put her through the table. He, here's what was amazing about that. To
2: go back to last week. So Paige does the, the PTO on the table, and JBL's like, oh my God, Michael, he's doing it on the table. And Michael Cole's like, oh my God, dude, it's a submission move. You could do that shit. On my Anywhere. sofa, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like if you put her through the table, then it gets to oh my god, Michael! Look at what they would did. We never
1: get put through the table anymore. No, that shit would have been dynamic. It was a submission hold on the table. Like, you could the, the dumbest shit ever, and she has a legit finisher. Right. So it was stupid. But anyway,
2: going back to this, so they tried to put every all their eggs in one basket on one night to build this feud to close the show. Maybe they did it because of the Paris attacks, which was weird. It's another thing I want to talk about. They started off with the, the moment of silence and they went to this evil versus evil, Wyatt versus Undertaker and Kane. They could have kinda held that. We needed something in between. We just gotta go over this Some big fluff. Yeah. Yeah. The Paris thing is it was heavy material. And to go into this fictional evil versus evil and takers of souls and druids with sheep masks,
1: yeah, yeah. looking like terrorists. I do like all the sheep masks though. That was dope.
2: I thought it was corny.
1: I thought I thought everything
2: looked like a B movie. <laughs> but going back to this Paige Charlotte thing, it was like they were trying to sell us on a, a match that they should have been selling us on for weeks. There was no real build. It was just like, ta-da, David Flair is your son. Ah, you failed him. And then they got in this fight, and Charlotte couldn't keep it together. And now I'm like, I'm going to be watching this pay-per-view like, okay, like, how serious is this? What's the over-under of someone's crying? In the match or after the match? Either. After the match, I think the over under is. I mean, this is a hundred percent. This is like this is. You lose money if you bet on her not crying. Yeah, Charlotte's going to crying. cry. It's, it was. I just thought the whole thing was woefully done. It wasn't bad. taste. I hated it. I, hate I, it. It I don't think they're going to do it again.
1: Yeah, it made everyone uncomfortable. I, I think it was a poor, poor judgment. Uh, Vince wants to mulligan on that one, but sadly you can't do it. It's live yeah. television. So,
2: so but the others, other than the show, and I think we'll leave Taker and the Wyatt's for the end of this. Segment, the matches for to the qual the, well, the, semifinal qualifying matches, were really good. Kevin Owens versus Neville, really good. Cesaro versus Reigns, really really good.
1: We've been privy to some great wrestling lately. Except for
2: ADR and Calisto, Del Rio and Callisto that was a terrible match. It was stupid. I like Kalisto. I like Kalisto too, but I thought this was stupid. Like, if you're gonna have an upset, like it's been too predictable. Yeah. Like Ziggler and Ambrose, really good, but we all knew Ambrose. Like we knew who was gonna win each of those matches. I
1: really would have just liked that Roman versus uh, what's his face Cesaro? Cesaro match to be the semi match. Yeah, like instead it was too of doing real. Like you fucked up the bracket to start out with because that was a great match. It was really it like was, I mean. I agree with everyone else on Twitter. Cesaro carried the match. Of course he did. But Reigns wasn't horrible. It was okay. I've seen other people be worse against Cesaro. It it was good. It was captivating. Um, They told the story. It was great. Cesaro pulled out some moves that you were just like, what the fuck? He did a cartwheel on the rope for no apparent reason to show his athleticism. What it did for anybody who, like, really
2: watches wrestling, it shows you how much better Cesaro is than Reigns. Like, not just calling and carrying the match which you could see he was clearly doing but there was there was the whole like John Cena concept like the five moves of doom like Roman Reigns move set looks like pig shit compared to Cesaro's like the spear and the superman punch oh, yeah. like when you watch Cesaro pull off his move set you're like wow that was powerful like his suplex for the house the european uppercut like
1: european uppercut he pulls it out from every which angle
2: but then when Roman Reigns does a superman punch you're like really like, in comparison, like, these two don't. They, they messed well on this night, but it just its clear that Cesaro is the better talent in the ring. And Roman is the better guy that Vince likes. Him and Ryback are like those, those guys. Like, we're going to keep him around for a while. It, it sucks that we had to see Cesaro lose. Um, the Ziggler Ambrose match was really good. The finish was great. Um, all this leads me, we can, let's talk about going in Survivor Series now. If there isn't a swerve, I feel like I've wasted my fucking time.
1: There has to be a heel turn. And, it can't and, even and I think it's anymore. Ambrose. Yeah, I have a feeling Ambrose is going to take up Triple H on his offer. Triple H has been finding, asking everyone. Did he? Did he talk to Ambrose? No, he hasn't asked. That's, Ambrose. Why, that's why I think Ambrose why. is going to flip. And then he's asked everyone else, and he's like, "Be my guy, be my guy." Everyone's no, no. He has not asked Ambrose yet. And then on top and of Ambrose that. Ambrose would do anything, anything to win the belt, and he's crazy, and he can a sell that heel. shit. Yes and I think he's going to get the sledgehammer and knock the shit out of Reigns and then the Ambrose Asylum shit, and it's going to be great. Like, Ambrose, ever since we started with the Shield, Ambrose was that guy. And Ambrose might do a double turn. Like, Ambrose might turn on Reigns and looks like he's aligning with Triple H, and then the next night on Raw, say, fuck the authority and go bananas and just go rogue, which would be amazing. It would be amazing. Seth would come back as the authority's guy. Well, he's Ambrose not... Wait, be a wild no, card. no,
2: no, no, no. Rollins is coming back as a face. Oh, that'd
1: be great. I mean, the, against Triple H. I mean, the is going to get a not guy.
2: E- not even against Triple H. Just real quick. there's. If you looked at the little tweet that Rollins posted, there is no way in hell that you're going to keep the fans from cheering Rollins when he finally comes back. You're going to have to fight the fans on this one.
1: It's yeah. not going to work. No, I, the authority has to have a guy. I don't know yeah. who the guy is. It but might, the, be, yeah, It might be Ambrose. Brock or something. I don't, I, don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't know who the hell the maybe guy Maybe Kevin is. Owens. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Kevin Owens fits the belt. Yeah. I think Ambrose is just going to go rogue, everyone, This it. And he's just going to – he cut that promo for a reason. Ambrose is silent. I'm turning on Reigns. I'm turning on authority. I'm turning on everybody. And then Reigns has to build his way back up, and it creates a pretty decent rivalry. Is this anything other than us going vanilla with this and then cutting him straight
2: through? It's like anything anything than having just a regular, he won, he won, hey, and then Roman Reigns wins, and that's what we thought yeah, in nah, the first place. I don't want to do see that. that. The famous cash in, though? Well, that's the other thing. We haven't even talked about Sheamus. So it's like the Sheamus casting is almost inevitable.
1: They've held the money in a bank briefcase for a reason. If this isn't good enough to use it, you're never going to use the shit. Well, nobody gives a shit about Sheamus. That's my only problem. Okay, no, Just have them chase Sheamus. Because like, for a it. second they like that Ambrose-Owens uh, uh, feud well, that it looked like it was feud. building up yeah. to. The IC title before Seth went down, obviously. So now it, it seems like you might scramble and put Ambrose in a feud with Reigns. And Kevin Owens got to find some other shit to do. But not if Sheamus cashes in. Neither of those two win it, and Ambrose and Kevin Owens go about their business, and then Reigns has to battle Sheamus. I
2: mean, let's all agree. Like, if this thing just plays out very straightforward, it sucks. Yeah, and they've done that to us before, which would be horrible. Well, you know, I think when they've talked about Survivor Series, what I'm surprised they haven't talked about was the tournament where The Rock turned heel and became Corporate Rock. And that was probably one of the greatest swerves ever because Rock was – Almost, he was reaching nuclear pop level, yeah, because he was just coming off of a heel turn. He was and he was getting so over with the fans, and they played that whole tournament out, and then he turned heel against against Foley. And they haven't even mentioned it. Building into this, we can see the same thing with Dean Ambrose because he's reaching. He's kind. He's not reaching rocks level. Nobody's reaching rocks level. Nuclear pop.
1: No, but he has that that good pop going yeah, right now, he's and he's his got that promos cut, and people actually pay attention to it. The promo was another indicator where I was like, he's
2: he could turn heel on Sunday. Someone's got to give. Like this, Reigns promo
1: is horrible. You can't let that man speak. No, that man can't talk. He God. As soon as he came the into the one. ring, right before the Cesaro match, and they gave him the mic, I was like, Oh no! What are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Just just let him just Don't talk. Just learn wrestle. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. <laughs> so we have that. We have Wyatt's versus Taker. All two right. Wyatt's. I don't know which. One. I mean, I'm assuming it's Bray and Strowman versus the Brothers of Destruction. Why not just go two against four? have the brothers look really strong by eliminating the other two Wyatt members. I am so disappointed that this isn't 2 on 4. Why why are we doing 2 on 2? I would even prefer it to be 3 on 3 with a mystery partner and bring Sting out. And just have him fucking sweep it. I mean what whatever. But see,
2: the only thing that works here and now it doesn't work anymore cuz I was looking this is what I was looking at. 4 on 2 Wyatt's against Kane and Taker and the Wyatt's go over. Nah, no, uh, But here's why. No, 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 because we have to set up a few for for WrestleMania soon. I don't know who it's gonna be. I'm still, I'm still of the, I'm one of the few guys that really wants to see Cena and Undertaker at WrestleMania. I really want to see this, but I, I want to see the Wyatts go over on somebody. And they've Bray Wyatt has given his soul to pro, setting up these matches and losing. And the problem is like this whole pr- run up
1: to this is sucked. You want to know my crazy prediction for this shit? I know you got one. Which may just happen. I think they're going in with the 2v2. The other Wyatt family members will try to interfere. Of course. They'll get knocked out. Everything looks great. Taker's about to win. Sting. twenty. Nope. I think Kane turns on Taker and joins the Wyatts. Ew. I think Kane goes into the Wyatt family. That sucks. I I think he does it. And I think Taker is laid out and they all stand together and Bray says he has Kane's soul, and Kane has joined him. And that was Bray <laughs> versus Taker two at WrestleMania. Yo,
2: fuck kayfabe, right?
1: Like Yo, the lightning,
2: it. the lightning, and everything else. All right, okay. Here's Kane. Part of the Wyatt's. Your idea could work. I hate it, but it could work. Fuck it. Because the Wyatt's took Kane, right? And they could have convinced him to, to lure the Undertaker out, so they could beat the shit out of the Undertaker and take his soul. All oh, this sounds really ridiculous, by the way. Sounds like the wishmasters, like some Stephen <laughs> King novel.
1: Listen, this is this is wrestling, believe it or not, before our reality era. It's these true. stupid ass storylines.
2: It's true, but like if you wanna go this whole angle that you're talking about, it could work. In the long run it can't work. In the long run it doesn't Kane and the Wyatt family just doesn't work for the long haul.
1: Nah, it'll term,
2: For short term until Kane retires, which hopefully is soon. All right, I can see it. I just really don't want the Wyatt's to lose this SummerSlam. I mean, SummerSlam, the Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, you, you just do this now and then. You know, Kane comes to his senses somewhere before WrestleMania and then tries to turn on the Wyatt's. They don't have that shit. And then you have Kane versus Strowman early in WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't then even. You have, that's, that's
2: like Sunday Night Heat. Hey, then you shit. have
1: Wyatt versus. Or you have Bray versus Undertaker again. And I At think WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, they need someone for Taker to beat his final WrestleMania. They can't have a rematch.
2: That match wasn't even good. The show wasn't good, but what else are they going to do? Sting? At least there's at least a visual aspect of it. We've already seen Bray. I'm telling you, it needs to be John Cena and Undertaker at WrestleMania.
1: I wouldn't mind that, but they're not going to waste Cena that way.
2: Why not? I mean, they can It's not like if it loses, it matters.
1: No, but I I think they, especially with Rollins out and everything, they they want the pop. They, They want that big name marquee, and he's fighting for a title. I don't know what title. I don't know either. I mean, it could be Reigns versus Cena at Mania, which
2: <laughs> the, the 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 heat that both of those guys will get at Mania will be ridiculous. Maybe it's time to pull the trigger on the Daniel Bryan return. They're they're dying for stars, star power. right Well, now. I
1: guess that third uh, all reports on the dirt sheets and everything else was that the third doctor came in. He he ran the test, so he's an impartial judge, and one person has those results okay. outside of the doctor, and that's Vince McMahon. So. Uh, Until he publicly uh, outs those results. I don't think we can count uh, Daniel Bryan into anything. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be great for him that if he is cleared and Vince is like, fuck it, we're bringing him back, just have him enter the Rumble and win it. Just have him win the Rumble.
2: What they could have done with this tournament while the tournament is great is they could have, like, had, like, mystery entries, like Sting, Daniel Bryan. When they set up the bracket, you looked at the bracket and you were like, oh, I see what's happening here. Yeah. Could have did something different. Um, the other thing I was disappointed at is why wasn't Big E in this tournament?
1: I don't know. They're setting up like some weird Big E Ryback feud, and I don't uh, know why. I want to see that. But you look, it's the Usos and Ryback, and Ryback and Big E had like a one on one thing a yeah, couple of weeks ago. Whatever. And they're they're kind of setting that up. I don't know why. Um, and I still say Big E is going to stay in the tag team title picture because they I mean, want him to hold the belts.
2: I'm just saying, he, he would have been meaningful to add into the tournament, because the New Day are so over right, na- right now. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't know. Like, having Tyler Breeze in the tournament was dumb, because you knew he wasn't going to win anything. Then he ends up wrestling R-Truth and they, on Monday Night Raw, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Th- there's other ways they could have worked. Why does R-Truth his- still wrestle? He put out a rap album this year. You know that, right? Did he? Yes. Is it good? I haven't listened to that shit.
1: Shake needs to review that on 2 Dope Boys.
2: Ugh. Uh, I just know he put out a rap album. <laughs> like, when, we, when I interviewed him a while fire. ago. You're just missing out on a classic. I don't think What's Up is on there because that's like classic R-Truth. Okay. So
1: there's other R-Truth. It's like new Trap R-Truth. Trap Truth. Trap Truth. Like you got Trap Drake. Holy shit. Trap Truth.
2: Wow. Trap Truth. That's next level shit, Kel.
1: Yo, I'm telling you. It might be. (laughs) You you never know. You never know. Get some high level production. WWE got deep pockets. Yeah, perhaps. (laughs) What else? So we talked about all the matches there, I think. And once again, there's only five. So unless they throw something, the pre-show doesn't have anything. I'm assuming there's going to be a traditional Survivor Series style match on the pre-show, with 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 just a bunch of yeah, just shit thrown in there. Not even jobbers, like Ziggler. Everybody that lost in the tournament, everyone who's not there. Ziggler, Breeze on opposite teams. You have Cesaro versus someone else, Neville, Neville. (laughs) all all those middling guys. Yeah.
2: They'll be like, oh, yeah, we're going to take it back to a match that nobody cares about with nothing at stake. All right, that's just what I wanted to see. Hey,
1: Survivor Series needs that match,
2: at least one of them. It's just, it just, Survivor Series lacks, like, I don't know if people follow me on Instagram where I posted the, the image of, like, Kurt Henning, Kerry Von Erich, Rory Hawkins Like, everybody's dead that was on this team in Survivor Series. But Survivor Series used to be come on, like, the day before Thanksgiving when I was a kid. And it was something to look forward to because you liked those teams. It meant something. There was meaning behind it. Now it's just like, so? Yeah.
1: Nah, they didn't build up a storyline. And usually the storyline goes, 1v1, pick our teams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which they did on Raw. And that shit was great. And they, With yeah, Reigns they did it too in, soon. Yeah, and then it was just like, okay. And I think it would have been great for Ambrose and, and kind of um, what's-his-face to pick their teams. So that would have been – and Owens to pick their teams because they're two really good characters. Exactly. So they're – Mike skills and selling people to be on their team and to watch owens actually have to maybe like beg someone to be that's on his team what would have been and great. swallow his pride that would have been great because they were and like you're ambrose. a loose cannon i'm not going to be on your team you're yeah fucking crazy so be like no one wants to team with ambrose and then someone would be like i'll do it and then you just get like crazy ass rivals yeah it would have been fun so you talk like sheamus into it and all this shit. it, it would have been great um but then again they missed the boat on that because of the tournament and it threw stuff in a loop and they just rushed to Put something together, yeah. Uh, so that's really Survivor Series. Let's talk about New Japan before we get out of here. Yeah, you guys didn't get a chance
2: to about, talk about Power Struggle last week. Uh, yeah, I don't think you guys have watched it yet, but uh, the only thing that I really want to talk about because the show was did you watch the show? I have not watched it, okay. So you did
1: t- text me to watch it, and you then did. all this Can- Canelo Cotto shit started <laughs> happening, and I was just like, Man, you know, people gotta work. Well, I need to watch it though. I'm trying to download it because it's available. <laughs> I tried to download it on my iPad so I can watch it on my way to the Joe Budden concert. That is my plan. It's worth watching.
2: It's not the greatest show. It's not going to win any show of the year awards. But, but they're uh, setting up what's his face, right? Russell uh, Wrestle- Nakamura and Carl Anderson were in the main event, and uh, it was really good. And Nakamura went over, and AJ Styles came out, setting up. It looks like Russell Kingdom, AJ Styles, and Nakamura.
1: Great and I'm match. Super amped for that. Yeah,
2: I'm super amped for that. Even they, though you
1: want to see him against Okada. Well,
2: yes, of course. But, but. then. What they did, which was really good, is the, the Okada-Tanahashi feud has, has reached nuclear levels of heat because these two just were brawling in their tag team match. So I'm look, like, looking forward to that. Um, the Super Junior Tag Tournament completed. Uh, Ricochet and Matt Sidell were a tag team against uh, Roppongi Vice it was a pretty good match and it sets the stage for a very interesting tag team title picture as long as they don't put all four of these tag teams in there together, together. and then have them battled out
1: which they might and then Red Dragon's gonna win because they're fucking Red Dragon
2: <laughs> and then <laughs> like the Hanman Ishii match was, a, was really good because Hanuman never wins shit and he didn't I mean you need to watch the match but it was great. It was stiff as hell. These guys were doing headbutts, like, full-on <laughs> head head-to-head headbutts. They're both crazy. But New Japan is just putting on really good shows. I'm looking. One of these days, I'm going to Tokyo to a Tokyo Dome show. I have to do it. That's on my bucket list now. Wrestle Kingdom's at Tokyo Dome. Like, I was going to plan a Tokyo trip this year, not around Wrestle Kingdom, but just to go. But now I'm, like, thinking I'm going to I'm gonna slick talk my wife into going to Tokyo and be like, oh, shit, I got these tickets to Wrestle Kingdom. I'll be back. And then go to Wrestle Kingdom and leave her at the hotel.
1: That's not bad. No, it's not bad. She'll find stuff to do in Tokyo. No, she'll
2: kill me if I do some shit like that. You take her to, to, take her to Wrestle Kingdom. She, she ain't going to want to sit through four hours of Japanese wrestling. Yeah, why not? Why not? Wrestle Kingdom 2017. Imagine if your wife took... Well, you don't have a wife. Imagine if your lady took you to four hours of the Nutcracker.
1: I mean, it'd be... <laughs> it'd be an experience. <laughs> That's all you could call it, but you'd be pissed. Uh, like, I, I would be happy. Thankfully... My girl enjoys wrestling. She's gotten into it. She's also coming to the ROH show that is out here. And she's into, like, the indie stuff and NXT and everything because, I don't know, like me, I guess she's a weirdo. (laughs) And it's amazing. So if I wanted to go to Wrestle Kingdom, we'd be in Tokyo. We'd have to buy front row tickets and sit around a bunch of screaming Japanese people. Love it. Hey, I'm going. Like I said, one of these days I'm going.
2: That's kind of wraps it up. That's our week.
1: Yeah, it was quick, man. Quick and easy. We got a fight to cover this week. If the fight is great or someone gets knocked out and shit is amazing, we might have to record another special episode, a quick Perhaps. 40 minutes. Yeah. The people love the special episodes.
2: Yeah, it came, you know, we dropped it out of the blue. Um, it was late. It, it was late. 1 a.m. You there, I mean, it had to get immediate reaction because that, that shit was crazy.
1: Word up. So if we we could do that, it'd be a cool special episode before I hit the clubs, get my young man on in these Vegas streets, <laughs> with my, uh, my Puerto Rican brethren out here, Boricuas in a club. I have to do some salsa, some some Mark Anthony, you know. That's that's my night plans for Saturday, and then get a nice little week uh to hype up the Conor McGregor or two weeks to ho- hype up the Conor fight against Jose Aldo. Yeah. And then after that, man, uh, we're bringing some pretty cool shows to end end the year out. I want to do a an award show, so you guys stay tuned with that. Yeah, that should be fun. It should be good and a lot of goddamn it, Kel moments. Of course. But guess what? It's only me and you picking these awards. Well, this will be fun. Which means I get 50% of the decision-making. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of vetoing going on here. <laughs> so that shit's going to be fun. We have to do another uh, fan-type episode, something for the fans that are dope. And a uh, lot of lot of stuff coming up, a lot of opportunities, a lot of good stuff. So Yeah, man. So. Can't wait. If you guys are in town for any of these fights, because there's a couple of them, hit us up, tweet us. Uh, I'll be around the strip drinking and whatnot, hanging out. Uh, we can meet up. We can chill. If you're not doing anything Sunday after one of these fights, Andreas is always at brunch. You know always. where to find him.
2: Yeah, just you got to figure out which brunches I'm going to. I'll have to make you a treasure map. <laughs> I, there's treasures in these brunches, kids.
1: You just guys don't understand. Drop it clues on his Twitter page. Yes. So until next week or our special episode, whatever comes first, we're out. Peace.
0: Kill, die just to make a we overstated, we underrated, we educated. The corner was our time when time stood still and gators and snakeskins and yellow and pink and